Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Daniel Klein and Giles Hardy of FPT Industrial about the company's testing of DME as a fuel option for heavy-duty engines. Let's take a listen now. Just to start the conversation, um, if you guys can maybe provide some insight into why FPT has chosen to research the use of dimethyl ether as a fuel option for heavy-duty engines. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's my part. Uh, DME is uh, an interesting energy source for the 21st century. Uh, because of its multiple feedstock, which means uh, apart from fossil, it can be made of uh, bio waste or synthetic gas via electricity pass. Um, the thermophysical properties of DME are similar to those of liquefied petroleum gas called LPG. And with a high cetane number, it is particularly suitable for substituting conventional diesel fuel in compression ignition engines like diesel. Storage is not a challenge due to low pressure of five to six bars to keep it fluid at ambient temperature. Uh, For example, in Asia, the demand for fuel is rapidly increasing for both household and transportation purposes making DME a very promising uh, fuel as an alternative fuel. Certain amounts of DME uh, are being commercially produced as a propellant for spray cans, so that means we use it almost daily. Uh, Because of its uh, um, non-toxicity, uh, and uh, is a vapor uh, at room temperature is of uh, uh, vapor pressure is um, uh, it, it's it's a, a vapor at room temperature, but uh, as I said before, liquid at five to six bars. Uh, so at first glance, DME seems to be an excellent, efficient alternative fuel for diesel engines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do so, you also want to know something about the production uh, of DME, or is it, is it not so important at the moment? Uh, sure, yeah. If you would, if we could go into that a little bit. Okay, there are two methods uh, for DME production. There is the indirect uh, approach, which means two-step, and the direct uh, single-step approach. Um, Worldwide, approximately 200,000 tons per year are produced by dehydration reaction of methanol. This is the two-step production approach. As uh, methanol itself is produced from synthesis gas, hydrogen and carbon monoxide, uh, it would be more efficient to produce DME directly from synthesis gas as a single step approach. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Great. And are there any, um, I know you're kind of touching on some of the um, benefits of DME, but maybe if you could go into uh, some of those be key benefits a little bit more and maybe what makes DME particularly suited for heavier duty engines? Uh, yeah, here here maybe I have to to uh, start a little bit more uh, in in general. So that means uh, private and commercial transport are one of the most significant emitters of greenhouse gas emission. Uh, and to tackle this problem, there will not be just one solution. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I think this is a, a general opinion in the meantime, so we have learned a lot in the in the last uh, years about different solutions. Electrification can be the dominant solution for private transport, for example, passenger cars, whereas the commercial transport sector will need uh, different solutions. These different solutions can be a battery electric vehicle or uh, fuel cell uh, for applications that are not that much payload sensitive. But for uh, on-road and off-road application which need high energy density, internal combustion engines will remain the far best option. Examples for such applications are heavy-duty long-haul truck, heavy agriculture machines like combines or heavy tractors. Even lighter agriculture machines could be of interest when uh, producing DME from agriculture waste on site or close to it. Moreover, keeping same power density as current diesel, uh, engine power density applications up to 20 6 to 28 bar BME are possible, especially for off-road. Uh, and additionally, diesel engines will face a very difficult challenge to meet the future emission legislation limits, ending up in very complicated and extre extremely expensive exhaust uh, after-treatment systems. Uh, DME offers a solution at diesel efficiency level, but at significantly lower engine out emissions. This makes uh, exhaust after treatment less complicated and significantly cheaper. Considering the most stringent emission scenario, it could be stated that a very efficient diesel engine can be can or can only uh, survive with with uh, alternative fuels for DME. And what might be some possible, if any, changes to engine designs um, in order for the use of DME? Um, okay, at first, um, uh, fuel tank design uh, must be seriously considered because you are you are dealing with a. Um, DME in a liquid phase, but it's a gas phase at ambient. So it's quite similar to LPG technology that we have today. And it's also important to keep uh, DME pressure in the fuel lines high enough up to the high pressure pump to avoid any gas phase, which would reduce the power or obstruct basically uh, maybe during cold start uh, uh, the line. Uh, 
the main modification the engine itself is on the fuel injection system mainly the the nozzle the injector nozzle have to be increased in terms of size and for the high pressure pump something has to be done uh, on the plunger level so that they need to be lubric lubricated if there is no uh, additional lubricant inside the dme now we can state that um, DME already in California is uh, considered as a fuel. So with a couple of ppm uh, of lubricant uh, added to DME, probably it's compatible with even a, a high pressure pump, which are not lubrified internally. Um, the use of EGR uh, with support, for example, of a, of, a, of a pump could further reduce the NOx as uh, no suit occur, occurs even with very high level of EGR in the order of 20-30 percent. So you know currently with diesel engine a bit the limit of increasing EGR is mainly suit which uh, increase in a kind of um, exponential way uh, when you want to reduce the NOx with high level of EGR and this we don't meet this kind of constraint with DME. So if you can bring enough EGR in the system, basically you could come with very, very low emission. In some case, maybe you don't need after treatment system. Uh, it's clear that on the combustion chamber level, piston bowl shape, maybe swirl, uh, injector cone angle, maybe there's some optimization that can be done to improve the fuel consumption. This has been done on our site with uh, one of our projects. So we did extensive three-dimensional CFD combustion calculation to try to find out what's the optimum uh, chamber. What we have to add is also, um, we have to check also the material compati compati compatibility for gaskets and O-rings with DME. So this has mm -hmm. to be taken into account. And uh, finally, maybe the loop oil compatibility needs to be investigated with DME. I would say these are the main factors that has to be taken into account. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and now I know FPT is um, testing the use of DME and heavy duty engines. Are you able to talk at all about any of the initial data you guys are found or just what you've been finding so far and how it's um, how well it's working in the engines and maybe what further information you're hoping to gain from the testing? Um. Okay, what what we have done with we we have measured most of the pollutant like uh, NOx, uh, carbon monoxide, CO, HC, and soot, um, and we were surprised. I mean, NOx could be already reduced by more or less half compared with uh, with a diesel engine without EGR, and we had very low level of uh, of HC, like 80% uh, reduced compared with diesel, and CO was the same level as diesel, and we had no soot. But because we have an oxygenated fuel, you know, DME uh, contain oxygen, we use also uh, infrared uh, spectroscopy to measure, for example, even the DME slip. So if some amount of DME is uh, find its way through the exhaust, uh, exhaust um, uh, gas, uh, we look also at uh, nitrous oxide, N2O, which is a very powerful greenhouse gas, which will come also under regulation uh, soon. We looked at formaldehyde, and also isocyanic acid, which which both could potentially could have create some health issues. But we found out that all this um, emission of 
of these species were in the order of a, of a couple of ppm. It was very, very low. So I would say with an after treatment system should be nearly, nearly zero. We were also surprised by the, um, we measured also the particle numbers. And you know, this is going to be really a challenge in the future for diesel engine. And there we found out that we almost like two order of magnitude lower uh, than with diesel fuel. Um, and uh, from what the legislation requires in Europe. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we are currently optimizing boost pressure, injection pressure, start of injection. This is called a typical calibration on a test bed. So it takes a lot of measurement. And especially in this case with DME, as we did, we don't have any reference uh, to calibrate the maps, but we found out in general the rail pressure with DME is about half that of uh, with diesel fuel because we have a much better atomization when we inject DME. And in general, uh, the boost pressure is quite close to the diesel engine. That's a big advantage is that if we take a base diesel engine, you don't have to do more, much modification on the turbocharger engine uh, as long you you don't need EGR, for example. So in a second stage, we will run some transient cycle, you know, with typical WHCC cycle with an after treatment system. And uh, we, we want to assess really the on-road potential of DME in terms of emission and fuel consumptions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So what is maybe yet needed to make either DME or use of DME maybe more widespread in heavy duty um, equipment applications? I think there are three uh, main areas to be uh, solved. The, the first one is uh, powertrain technology, which means uh, we have to demonstrate the potential of DME regarding thermal efficiency and capability to uh, meet future emission legislation limits. That's what we are currently doing. And the second one is uh, the CO2 legislation uh, the authorities in the EU, as well as other regions, have uh, to change their mind in terms of switching from tank to wheel to well to wheel, or uh, even better, to life cycle analysis uh, to really make the difference to the environment and avoiding focus on electricity and hydrogen solutions only. And uh, last but not least, uh, there is the production and the infrastructure uh, side. Mm -hmm. uh, as you may know, refineries are planning in terms of decades, which means they do not start uh, any transition to renewable fuels as long as they do not have uh, a clear picture about what will be needed or demanded in the next 10 to 20 years. Uh, once they are convinced about the uh, potential of renewable fuel like DME, they will start their uh, part of the game for sure. Uh, and in those countries where LPG infrastructure is already available, like for example France or Germany or Italy, uh, the same infrastructure can also be used for DME uh, with some minor uh, material compatibility, compatibility modifications, uh, for example, gaskets, uh, ceilings. 
Uh, and there is also um, a different long, mid and short term uh, perspective. Uh, I think long term, uh, the petrochemical industry is not yet ready, but needs to start as soon as possible. Uh, mid term, we have the chemical industry like uh, some companies which are now producing the propellant, uh, which we are using every day, uh, they are ready to ramp up production. Uh, at currently, they are producing uh, uh, from fossil, but it's uh, they are starting now activities to switch from fossil origin to uh, biogenic uh, or, or uh, synthetic uh, origin. So they are ready to uh, ramp up uh, their uh, production to cover uh, energy needs, uh, for example, for transportation. And short term, there are some small scale plants for DME from bio waste, uh, for example, uh, using bio waste from municipal uh, waste uh, or, or from agriculture waste. Uh, they have uh, such small scale plants have uh, uh, the potential to scale up uh, in, in reasonably fast time. Just something from my side. There is one question. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you forgot to ask, but you ask us what would be some of the key benefit of, of using oh. DME? Maybe mm -hmm. you forgot it or I can answer it if you want. Sure. Yeah, that would be great. So some of the key benefits of using DME first uh, is that we can burn dimethyl with some air access, okay. uh, like in a diesel engine. So you can have two times more or 2.5 times or three times more air uh, than what's the stoichiometricity required. And this always allow high thermal efficiency in a compression ignition engine like, like diesel. And uh, as the combustion occurs with an excess, the temperature of the exhaust gas after the engine are lower which is of course helping the engine durability and this is quite important especially for off-road machinery or farm machinery that operate during short time during the year but more or less 24 hours and uh, for example if you take current diesel engine they can cover more or less 800,000 miles for on-road or about 15 to 20,000 hours for off-road before major overhaul so these machines are very reliable uh, another benefit is that the critical temperature of DME, so is the temperature at which point you always have a gas phase, is weather low at, 100, at 130 degrees. And this is uh, very much lower than the cylinder temperature uh, at which, uh, which reach more or less 900, 950 degrees when you inject this fuel. So meaning that as soon as DME is injected, vaporization occurs very quickly, and this produces a very ideal air fuel mixture for the combustion. And this, of course, helps to reduce the injection pressure, at least by half, but also improve, uh, for example, hydrocarbon unburn or, or, or carbon monoxide. And then NOx emission compared with diesel, I reduced by about 30 to 40 percent without EGR. So this is already a, a big advantage. That could be a benefit in terms of total cost ownership if you run an after-treatment system with uh, what we call in Europe AdBlue or DEF uh, in the States. Uh, no soot in the exhaust gas, it's very clean combustion, and this is due to the molecular structure of DME, so th there's no direct carbon-carbon bond. 
and therefore there is no soot precursor like uh, aromatic occurring during combustion. Uh, an interesting point also is that the the cetan number is higher, means that cold start should be further uh, facilitated. And last but not least, the CO2 emission with DME for same engine power output as a diesel is reduced by 10 to 20 percent due to the more favorable um, hydrogen carbon ratio. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for providing all the information that you guys have today. I don't know if you had anything further you wanted to add or thought our audience should know about DME and its use in heavy duty engines. I think if you if you if you go to um, ask any powertrain development company like FPT or or any others, they will always ask, "Where? Well, but who provide the fuel?" And if you mm -hmm. go to a big pe uh, chemical company already producing DME, they're gonna ask, "Okay, where are the engines to run DME?" So it's yeah. a bit a chicken and egg story. So right. I think there, okay, our idea here at FPT is to try. To drive some project pilot project where we bring together the the engine powertrain expertise with DME together with um, a fuel producer uh, as we told you from the petrochemical um, industries it's, it's still difficult for the moment to produce directly DME but there is technology today to produce locally directly bio DME this can be quite interesting for example with roughly with one ton of rice straw or sugar straw you can produce more or less 350 kilo of DME this gives you more or less a, a 50 55 person uh, energy conversion so this is very high and I think by bringing this to, together uh, at the small local level with a, with a pilot demonstration, I think we can really uh, show what are the benefits of DME. Mm -hmm. okay. I think, Daniel, you would agree with me. Yeah, you know. absolutely. I, I also wanted to add maybe one point. Uh, uh, you might know that uh, there was a competitor, one of our competitors uh, who has um, investigated DME already deeply, but about eight years ago, mm -hmm. also doing some field testing. Uh, but at that time, maybe it was a little bit uh, early because it uh, there the target was, uh, due to my knowledge, just to replace diesel fuel by a renewable or, or an alternative fuel. Uh, but in the meantime, now the, the challenges for the after treatment uh, to meet uh, the legislation limits of uh, emissions uh, has become much more stringent. Uh, so that, uh, as I said before, uh, to keep internal combustion engines alive uh, with um, compression ignited engines like diesel, you can only uh, survive with uh, such a fuel like DME, which uh, makes the, the after treatment system not too much uh, complex. So that means uh, today we have uh, slightly different uh, uh, reason for, for DME than about eight years ago. So there are more strong arguments for, for DME. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. I think I think DME is one of the most simple um, 
let's say, molecule, you, do, you just have two carbon. So we have done mm -hmm. a lot of review and also we could contact other companies and they found out that probably methanol and DME are probably the cheapest uh, fuel to produce. Mm -hmm. um, so for methanol, you can easily produce DME. You have to do some conversion on the engine, but you know, it's, it's not so complicated. On the other hand, for methanol, it's rather easily to create kind of synthetic fuel that you can burn directly in spark ignition engine, you know. So mm -hmm. I would say that this combination methanol DME, it's uh, probably, from my, that's my opinion, more interesting than hydrogen because it's much easier to handle. And if you talk at the well to tank, you have, you are probably very close in terms of efficiency because once you produce the methanol, it's very, it's very, or let's say even DME, it's rather easy to transport to maintain. Where hydrogen, you have to compress at very high pressure, 300 or we're talking even about 700 bars, or you have to keep 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 it in liquid phase, meaning that you always have to add some energy uh, to to uh, to store it to, to transport it to transport it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I could add another thing. Um, mm -hmm. Among all these renewable energy, there was a lot of interest, especially in Italy and uh, or even in country in Brazil about biomethane. So biomethane is also produced from a waste uh, from the, the, the farm industry, usually through a fermentation process, so it, that's uh, rather cheap. But in terms of efficiency, we are maybe 20, or we can only recover about 20 to 25 percent. And a bit the problem of methane, it's again, it's a gas, so it's not so easy to store. And also it's a very powerful greenhouse gas. So in, if you have a leakage on the plant, I mean, you you put a lot of uh, greenhouse gas in the atmosphere. And I would say one of the advantage of producing directly in one step bio-DME uh, through syngas is, of course, the investment is, is, is heavier, but um, you are produce a fuel that you can store in a liquid phase. So in terms of space, it's much more reduced. It's also much easier to transport. So I think there is a lot of potential for uh, for for bio DME actually. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of continues to progress then in the coming years. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you again to Daniel and Giles for providing their insights into the potential benefits DME could provide as a fuel. And be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up to date on our ever-changing industry.